Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate you guys visiting our website recently, checking out our 200 resources that you can trust. I'm talking about alphabetical order, and of course, John Haller is on there. That's our guest today. He's back in studio, and we're glad to have him with us again. Pastor, elder, teacher, Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio. You can check out the FBC YouTube channel, and he covers Bible prophecy. He gives his weekly updates. John Haller, welcome back in studio to Stand Up For The Truth. Good to be back again, David. All right, John, before we get into the topics today, and last Friday we did a podcast called Headlines and Accelerating End Times Events. We covered a lot of news stories, talked about the vaccine mandates, critical race theory, some uh, the Democrat governor and being trying to be God and all that. Um, but today I want to start off with something. I just heard a clip the uh, last night of the Apollo 8, 1968, the first television broadcast. They were halfway to the moon, apparently. Uh, this was uh, on Christmas Eve, I believe, but it was 1968, and they read from the book of Genesis. And that stood out to me because, first of all, I remember Paul Harvey. I remember what some would consider the good old days. Uh, of course, the Bible says it's, it's, it's not wisdom to look at that as the good old days and um, all that, but I just want to read something that they read that the simplicity of the creation account, which a lot of people put down. We don't even hear it in schools anymore. But in 1968, here they were nationwide broadcast and they were reading it, looking at the moon and the, the astronauts read in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. It was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And then it goes on. But these astronauts were reading. They took turns reading the Genesis account. And John Haller uh, it it kind of, when I was watching this last night and I listened to, pulled it up on my YouTube and heard it, it, my heart kind of sank a little bit because that was a very different America and that would never be allowed today. Just get your thoughts on this before we get into the topics today. You know, you're probably not old enough to remember, but I actually was about uh, 14 when that happened and I watched it live. We were sitting at the, the TV uh, and that was just about six months before the uh, the moon landing, mm. and it was just an incredible, um, incredible thing to watch. And then, but the the truth of the scripture, and I mentioned when we were together on Friday that we just traveled out west, and it's just incredible to look at God's creation. And we and we talked about some buildings that man is putting up that are pretty large. Yeah. But you go out there and you look at these buildings. It's like, oh, you you think you build this. Uh, half mile tall tower in Dubai and 
let me show you. Let me show you what I can do. Look at these mm. Tetons. Look at how they just come like, uh, you know, a mile and a half right up out of the plain uh, to these these magnificent peaks. It's just mm. so God's creation is just so much more magnificent than anything man can ever do. And to think that we're just this little tiny part of this massive universe that God's created, it's mm. it's very humbling. Yes. Yet he cared enough about us yes. to send us his son. Yes, and uh, his patience means salvation. The world has changed. Our country has changed dramatically. The decline of morality and the attacks on the biblical Christian worldview— um, we're living it out. We're living out Bible prophecy, and that's why we talk about these things. Don't let your heart be troubled. Uh, trust in God. Trust in Jesus. He's in control, and these things can be disturbing, but we've got to talk about them because we need to know how to respond, and a lot of people just simply are not informed, and you've got the issue with the one-party big tech media conglomerate and the, the Democrat media in America that only allows one side of the story now. They don't even, as we mentioned last week, allow questions to be asked on their progressive narratives and their globalist narratives. And so we're at a very dangerous time when it comes to information. That's why we talk about some of the things on Standard for Truth that we do. And, John, there's so many things we could uh, start yeah, with today. If I could just interrupt for a second. I, yeah, go ahead. I think it was Monday the 27th you had uh, J.B. Hickson on who was yes. talking about the left-right paradigm and the, the fake left-right paradigm yep. and the dialectical thing that's going on and how— how we have a responsibility. Sometimes we need to look at some of these alternative, well, not only alternative sources of media, but look at the New York Times and find out what the enemy is thinking. And you can usually pick some true facts out of a New York Times. It's usually near the end of the article after they get done of all the editorializing. So I think I think Pastor JB was correct in that uh, you know we need to we need to be looking for the truth because we need to at least as 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 pastors, teachers radio hosts, whatever whatever mission God has called us to, we need to understand the times in which we live. We need to do this. And as I mentioned to you, I spent a couple hours with Jan Markell uh, a couple days ago. Uh, well, when this is playing, it'll be last week. And we were talking about how quickly all of these things that the prophets have talked about would happen at the end times are not, they're they're sort of forming right in front of us, and they're happening mm -hmm. at, at breakneck speed. I mean, uh, those of us who've been watching this for some time, we need we just have seen things happen so rapidly. Uh, and the other thing we need to do is we need to be a little bit humble because for all the times that you know we've I've spoken at prophecy conference, I've gone to prophecy conferences. Nobody called 2020 and 2021. Right. So we have to be humble enough to admit that that one really— Who saw that coming? A yeah, virus we, we and the reset. What, how it would come. And that talks about—like, I did a talk in, for the Last Days Bible Conference back in April, and I titled it Deplatforming Humanity, the Great Revealing of the Great Setup. And so that was a—that's mm. sort of a continuing theme in my Prophecy Updates, the Great Setup— as all of these things, these pieces are being put in place and the implementation of them. And we've just seen them come about in the last week. So last Friday we talked about, you know, the uh, the vaccine mandates and the people who've been fired. And I'm sure that between last Friday and when this airs, there's going to be, in the, I would suspect in the hundreds of thousands of people will have lost their jobs, teachers, Isn't nurses, doctors. Yeah. 
uh, that refuse to take, uh, for their own personal reasons, refuse to take the vaccine. And it may be as simple as they've had COVID and recovered, and why do you need it? I mean, some of the studies that I've seen, the thing that's been hard for me to kind of get my head around is the, well, one, the suppression of truth mm -hmm. and how astounding easy it is that they've been able to manipulate everything, the tech giants and the government. It's and the perfect then the fact that the people go, that people just go along with it and assume that what you're being told is the truth. And it's clear that we're not. So I think we're going to talk about some of the economic things yep. going on. And that's just, um, boy, that's, let's let's start with that because we, we didn't get to that uh, last week on the podcast. But we do want to mention why is it that they think that spending us to oblivion is actually going to help? Are there actually people in our government, John, that are saying the more we can spend and spend and spend, the better chances of wrecking the U.S. economy? Because some people don't want to believe there are people that think that way. I, I actually think that there are people that think that that's the case, that that's what their goal is, to destroy the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency of the world. And we can't be naive anymore. We know that, the, the, that Satan is influencing uh, minions, um, forces of darkness. So we've got to recognize human and demonic. These forces are moving. If we haven't seen that in the last couple of years, um, then I don't know where you are, where you, well, where let's, you live. Well, let's talk about the economic bill. Yes. Before we get that, let me talk to you about something that I don't think a lot of people know about. The I've known about this for a week and talked about it a little bit on my own personal uh, prophecy update that, aired, that I put up on September 19th. But there's a name that's in the news that will be in the news. The, you, finally, the Wall Street Journal was the first major newspaper that I saw yesterday that wrote an editorial about it. And it is the appointment of a new director, uh, someone nominated to be the director of the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. Now, that is huh. the, the OCC is the agency in the federal government. And as an attorney, I have represented banks. So, you know, it's, it's always a big deal when the OCC comes in to do an audit of the bank because they're, the banks are nervous about that because they want to make sure all their capital, working capital and debt to asset ratios are all in, in <laughs> effect. But they've appointed this lady. Her name is uh, Saul, S-A-U-L-E, Saul Omarova. She is a law professor at the University of Cornell. You need to learn this name. You need to look her up online, and you need to write to your senator and congressman that we cannot have this person appointed. She is a radical leftist. Of course. She, is, um, she was born in Kazakhstan as one uh, financial newsletter that we follow a little bit, Pam and I, that— uh, he said, uh, the guy's name is Bill Bonner, he said, we've been talking about the end of the world, and now here's yet another indication of the end of the world. Now, when secular people are starting to use apocalyptic end times language, yeah. I think we as Christians we should, should take note <laughs> that they're getting it. And so, as he said, she's educated in Moscow. She went to Moscow State University. She got her Ph.D. from the University of Wisconsin as Madison, which would seem to be about as communist socialist as Moscow State University would be. By the way, we had a pastor on the other day, uh, Jeff Solwald. He's at Calvary Chapel, Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, so he's and right in the, the belly of the beast Yep, there. he referred to literal communists in the state capitol and in Madison. And he said Rush Limbaugh used to affectionately refer to Madison as Moscow of uh, the East or something like that. Yeah, or Mas Moscow on the Sheboygan or whatever river <clears throat> goes through Madison. But anyway, the 
Um, and then she got her law degree from the University of Chicago. She is a radical leftist, and her goal is to completely remake the world banking system. I mean, not not change it, to completely blow it up and remake it and start over. And this this ought to frighten us. Now, look, I'm no, as I said to somebody yesterday, I'm no friend of bankers, unless they're my client and they're paying their bills on time. Then I love them, of course. But, <laughs> but we need to understand the banking system has a lot of issues to it. But this is something <laughs> yeah. that has developed over centuries. And now we have people in Washington that think they can just blow it up and remake it. And what, what is the impact that that's going to have on people? So let's look at some practical. So you need to oppose this lady's appointment. Do everything you can to oppose her because she will destroy not just the U.S., but the world financial system. Can you give and, it her name again, John? Yeah, Saul, S-A-U-L-E, Omarova, O-M-A-Rova. Okay. R-O-V-A. She, she was born in Kazakhstan. She's a U.S. citizen. but and, and so I don't know what her religious background is, but Kazakhstan is a Muslim country. And we have talked many times, you and I, about— Well, there's about Muslims in the administration. I mean, a lot of them. The, the Red-Green Alliance. That's what Trevor Loudon talks about. I think yes. Curtis Bowers and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, who Explain that for the, our newer listeners. Well, Red would be the socialist-communist orientation, and the Green would be Islam. Yeah. And there's many respects that they're united together. Uh, they work together. Now, eventually, I think they will try to destroy each other. But I think it's—I do think it fits into this end-time paradigm about how this is all going to go mm. uh, in the end. So, so Ul Omarova, she will destroy everything. And now we have this uh, this economic package that's working its way through Congress. They just got the debt ceiling lifted the other day. They have this proposal. And it's hard to find out what this proposal is, but you need so a little bit of history that I think will help you understand what they're doing in this new bill. Back during the Obama administration, there were massive billions of dollars of financial settlements that were entered into. That money did not go to the people who were hurt hurt in the 2008 financial meltdown Hmm. and and some other financial improprieties took place. It never went to the people that were hurt. It went to, it was funneled, laundered, if you will, through uh, these LLC NGOs to left-wing, radical left-wing organizations who were funded with billions of dollars. So not only do you have the media control, do you have these NGOs controlling the money and funding these left-wing organizations? So it's not just Soros and some others that are funding this. Certainly they are. But this was done with our money. With, mm. with taxpayer with money that should have gone back to the taxpayers was used to fund this. In this bill, there's very little it, they say it's infrastructure, but it's not infrastructure. it's uh, restructuring the entire economy. And what they are doing is they're taking this money and they're sending it to like community organizations. Who was the guy who was pushing community organizations? Saul Alinsky or Barack Obama? Barack Obama, yeah. his disciple. And Obama <laughs> had that thing about organizing for America. If you remember, that was a thing. And it just kind of disappeared. ACORN but, and right. all those organizations. But, okay, this is ACORN on uh, like every steroid, every made in the world history. Okay, this is what's happening. And they're funding these organizations. There's no accountability, and it's billions and billions of dollars. Mm. And a lot of it is just to to promote the party that's barely got a majority in Congress, and they're tied in the Senate even. 
uh, but they act like they control everything in the world, and they're yeah, they they're do. tearing it all. I think they're tearing it all down. You see what uh, Biden did coming in with the uh, executive orders of Trump. He, I mean, the first day he gets into office, and nobody can tell me that Biden came up with this. There was somebody back there who was writing up all of these right. executive orders. Yeah, well, his when his first day in office, he had that <laughs> stack of executive orders to sign. He had probably nothing to do with that. Well, who drafted those? Somebody drafted those, and there was a, a certain former president who lived in D.C. and had people working out of this office, and now one of the key White House advisors is Susan Rice. So I you know, personally think that Evil he's woman. controlling it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and look, what, whatever happened in Obama, so we had this floundering of money to NGOs, left-wing NGOs, and we had Benghazi. You know, everything that's happening now is what Obama did on steroids. So we have not Benghazi. We have Afghanistan, Afghanistan. where there are still at least a thousand Americans trapped. They're sitting on the tarmac. They're denying them entry to land in the United States. These are American citizens. These are people that hold special immigration visas that have already been vetted. They can't come. But all these Afghanis that we have never vetted can come. And how do you control this? I know at the end we're going to talk about the border. So let's yep. look at this economic bill. It is $3.5 trillion. That's what they state. I think it's more Jeez. like $6, 10 or $12 trillion. It will completely destroy the U.S. dollar. And what they are doing is they are resetting everything, and they are going to make your children I – mean, one pundit said recently, if you're under 45, you ought to be scared to death about what's going on because you, will be, you won't be a, uh, a, a debt slave anymore. You'll be a Russian serf or something like that. I can't I, remember the exact I think quote. I heard something like that. And it's going to be very, very difficult. And we do not want the U.S. To no, US dollar to no longer be the reserve currency. That will have no. a tremendous amount. Yeah. Tremendous impact on us. Would, would that naturally lead toward the necessity of having a, a one-world currency? or, or? Yeah, I think so. The other thing in this bill, I don't know how much time we have left in this segment. Um, but, three minutes. Okay, well, this is a good time to talk about it. <clears throat> Buried in this bill and brought in at the last minute under the cover of darkness is a uh, enforcement teeth to Biden's desire to get everybody vaccinated. Remember, they said they're going to every employer that has over 100 employees will need to have everybody vaccinated. Now, it's very questionable whether they have the constitutional ability to do that, especially trying to do it through the OSHA law. But they're going ahead. Yeah. And so they're doing it anyway. Everyone wonder how they're going to do this. Well, it buried in this bill is a provision that if you're an employer that meets those requirements and you have an unvaccinated employee, you're going to be fined anywhere from 70000 to $700,000 per employee. Business owners. Yeah. It's, per it's employee. Per employee. It will bankrupt How? businesses. Of course. And we're throwing people out of work by the tens of thousands on these vaccine mandates. Yep. Now, well, we're going to bankrupt you because you have one employee who didn't get vaccinated that you might consider to be a key employee. And I'm just telling you from talking to people around the country, this is going to have an impact on business owners who may have to, uh, for example, they may structure their business so they have a special class of stock 
that requires mm-hmm. them when they cash out of the company to be an employee of the company. Well, if they're not vaccinated, they get terminated. They lose all of their investment, lifetime wow. investment in the companies. And I, you need to understand, Pelosi, Biden, Pisaki, Janet Yellen, who's the uh, Secretary of the Treasury, they don't care. They are ter- they're, they're rich, and they're tearing and it all down. Yeah, well protected. I've never seen anything like it. It's so troubling. Yep. And this uh, is the fact. Yeah, we've got to take a break. Um, Also, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about COVID passports and um, Emperor Biden. He's also protected, well protected by the media. And he's got an army around him that uh, just won't won't have allow any questions to any of his quote. uh, Well, I was going to say policies, but I'll just say teleprompter speeches, uh, you know, because he reads those. Someone programs that. More with John Haller on Stand Up For The Truth when we come back. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Welcome back. We're with John Haller, and you can hear his prophecy updates on the FBC uh, Fellowship YouTube channel. And we'll have that linked up in the podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. We mentioned last week when you were here, John, um, Pfizer, a couple articles, very interesting. One, we can just, we don't have to read it, just the headline, Pfizer CEO, life back to normal in a year and an annual COVID shot may be needed. So that's not surprising, is it? I think also in that report or somewhere, Pfizer CEO also said that they were going to... uh bring in or have revenue or income of about $26 billion this quarter from COVID vaccines. That's nice. Or shall we say the state-approved treatment for Charlie Vector 019er, <laughs> just in case somebody wants to censor us. Well, if you've got stock in Pfizer or if you're one of the uh, you know shareholders or if, you're, if you have big investments, if you knew, if John, if, if it was possible that someone could have seen this coming and then invested heavily in one of these vaccine companies, They'd be doing pretty well right uh, well, now. Well, you know, there's been a number of uh, Federal Reserve uh, heads of some of the regional Federal Reserve banks have had to resign because they were actually trading in stocks that the Federal Reserve was essentially pumping up through its actions. Hmm. And they were making, so they resigned, but they made millions. Now, whether they'll go after them on insider trading or anything like that is anybody's guess. Congress, by the way, I believe is in- exempted from insider trading rules. That's why. You see these guys who go to Congress, they get a hundred and well, maybe two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they leave Congress and they're worth ten, twelve, fifteen, thirty million dollars because they've been able to trade on things that might be affected by the legislation that they do, and they get they do get insider information through their investigation. So the whole system is corrupt. They're they're and maybe it should be torn down, but it shouldn't be torn down in the way that they're tearing it down. Well, they're just not talking about tearing the economy down, but but all of America. Of course, we're systemically racist to uh, many, many people. There's so many things. So tear down the whole system, and not just the economy, but everything. Capitalism, right? Just tear down everything. Um, they're really wanting to, to destroy our, even our Constitution. They're trying to dismantle that as well. Um, another, before we get to this other article about uh, Fiverr, Pfizer, something to do with horse paste, um, What's going on with Joe Biden on his set, the production set of the fake White House getting his booster shot? And by the way, didn't he just get two vaccines and needs a booster? Is this going to be a perpetual thing? Uh, It appears to be. I mean, there's some studies coming out. There's an Israeli study out that says that 
Uh, natural immunity is like 13 to 34 times more effective than what you would get from the vaccine. Now, that's not encouraging anybody to go out and get COVID. I mean, you've had COVID and you know that you would encourage anybody to go yep, through that. Yeah, still hanging on. But there is, if you have had it and recovered, mm-hmm. you do seem to have better coverage. But now, you know, YouTube, if we were on YouTube saying that, YouTube would say, no, 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 you can't say that because that might encourage somebody not to get the vaccine. Right. But I'm not encouraging anybody to get COVID. I'm encouraging everybody to do what's best for you. Uh, but even that is controversial, what you just said. Right. I mean, and I listened to this doctor this morning on, I think it was on the Dark Horse podcast with Brett Weinstein. Weinstein and he was just saying, this, this is how doctors used to practice medicine. We used to take, observe our patients, look at the environment that they were in. We used to make house calls. And we could, we could observe whether people were doing it, and we would treat people, and we would go off-label on medications all the time. And now for this one, I don't understand it. Now, it's my understanding that the ivermectin patent has expired. Uh, Merck, uh, there was an Israeli study. This was in the Jerusalem Post a month ago. It said a uh, doctor can treat COVID for early treatment of COVID for less than a dollar a day. Now, that wow. story has disappeared. I read it. I have a, a screenshot of the headlines. So you can still find it in the in the digital paper archives. But what happened to that? Yeah. I've seen uh, preprint. Uh, they they have a thing they call them preprint studies. Uh, there's one coming out from Oxford that is very encouraging in terms of early treatment. But <clears throat> I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I try to understand these things. So I'm going to confess, I'm, a, I'm dumbfounded that doctors are not being allowed to treat this disease in the way they treat every other disease. Yes. And the, the paradigm is that, well, we've always felt that there's the way we deal with viruses is vaccines. But the way this disease develops is that when people have been, this is the Brett Weinstein podcast, as people are in the hospital for a while, by the time they're getting to where there's serious lung problems, yeah. they're not even in, uh, capable of transmitting the virus. The virus is gone. There's, it's the <clears throat> remnants of the virus yep. in the body and the effect on the autoimmune system that are causing these storms. And it's affecting some people horribly. Now, there's a few people that uh, don't, they get COVID, they don't get that sick, right. mainly kids. But we're doing all these things. I mean, we stayed in Fargo, North Dakota <laughs> last week. Um, and I was driving back to the hotel. And I drive down through a residential neighborhood. And there is a lady coming down the street. There's, there's no cars anywhere in sight. There's no people anywhere in sight. I'm in my car. And she's jogging down the street in, on the sidewalk with a mask on. Yep. And I'm just like, I, it just doesn't make any sense. And you can, so what they've done is they've created this whole fear yep. thing for something that may not be worse than the annual flu in terms of deaths. Uh, and now they're talking about the fact that, oh, here's what's coming this winter is the flu and COVID together. Because there was no flu last year to speak of. Yeah, the flu was cured. Hey, John, I, I've never seen a time when like you said, doctors were not allowed to do what they are trained to do. And the only solution to COVID is a vaccine. It's the only solution that's being allowed to be by this. the power elites, by the, the government, by the media. 
If that, no wonder people are suspicious. And the only thing that the, that people can do to to even talk about it. So here we have this <clears throat> kabuki theater thing going on with the president getting jabbed again on what appears to kabuki be kabuki I mean, theater. I saw, I saw it. Yeah, you know, fake theater. I guess <laughs> uh, that's. But anyway, he's uh, he's getting jabbed, and it looks like it's it's the wide shot was it's a set. He's on someplace. a set. That's right. It's like. Does he not have access to the White House anymore? Interesting. It's a PR Where, move. It's it, in the. I, is it in the? Is it in the basement of the White mm-hmm. House? Is it a soundstage? Is it in somebody else's basement that lives in Washington D.C.? I don't know. <laughs> I'll bet you that picture was not supposed to be leaked. Someone took that wide shot and got it out, and I saw someone, and it was on Twitter. I'm going, what? Wait a minute. Why wouldn't he just be sitting yeah. at the White House? So he wasn't there. So now we have now we have these vaccine passports, and my. Well, did you did you get to the horse pace that that Pfizer is working on? Oh yeah, well Pfizer yeah. has now come up, and I think I <laughs> I think I predicted this that uh, ivermectin was going to be imitated by Pfizer and the others, and you've seen seen Pfizer and Moderna and Merck come out with uh, these therapeutic treatments. They're going to operate exactly like ivermectin, and now <laughs> face, uh, Pfizer has announced the therapeutic that's coming out. If you look at the data sheet with information about how it operates, it operates exactly like ivermectin. And in fact, some pundits are even calling this Pfizer-mectin. Pfizer-mectin. That's right. But that will be allowed. It'll be out in a couple months. But because Trump uttered the word ivermectin, I know, know, they made it political. They're going through clinical trials with this Pfizer-mectin now. But do they do any clinical trials with ivermectin? They they shut all of those down. Or they they drum them up or they give them only really sick people. And and I will confess, at one point in my career, I represented some pharmaceutical companies. So I know that I know the FDA process that they go through to mm. get a drug approved, mm. and all the uh, interactions and the adverse incident reports and everything. I've, I've been through a couple of those drugs and defended them in court, so I know how this goes. And every drug carries risk with it, but this seems to be one of the. And where? What about Peru? What about Colombia? What about India? A state in India with 230 million people, 100 million fewer people than in the entire United States. One state in India. You remember the massive outbreak they were having of mm-hmm. the Delta variant? Yeah. Where did that go from the headlines? It was day after day after day yep. about how— Fear, fear, fear. Be afraid. In that one but state. Can't you, weren't they using ivermectin in India or was that, that Africa? That state was using ivermectin. And other places in Africa use—it's been used— a lot of doctors are saying we ought to look at it as an antiviral treatment for a lot of other viruses. So that's um, th- so that's that's where that is. Okay, so I don't want to go off on a tangent on this, but I've been hearing, and you're probably more versed, well versed on remdesivir. I've been hearing some very dangerous things and how that is not good for for people, but they're still prescribing that as treatments. Yeah. I think my personal opinion is that I think it bears further study. Uh, you know, as lawyers, we always look at causation. And so sometimes uh, time relationship is not necessarily causation. Listen, when people get really sick with this thing, when they get really sick and in the hospital, their lungs are filling with fluid, uh, it's, it is possible that that's being caused by remdesivir. I do not discount that at all. But it's also possible that it's just the way the COVID is operating, mm-hmm. too. So I think it needs more study. Yep. But certainly that this is the only way that it can go. And then, look, there's always the dollar sign thing that's involved with this because 
The hospitals do get big, bigger reimbursements when people are on ventilators. They get bigger reimbursements for people that are on remdesivir. And so this is there is a financial incentive there. And these and now it's a it's a big hospital corporation world. It's not private hospitals yep. now. They are conglomerates that have many hospitals, many clinics and that type of thing. And it's all done at the corporate level. And sadly, we don't want to think about this as far as our healthcare system, but some hospitals have probably received millions of dollars by treating the way they they're supposed to treat people and the like you said the ventilators and for every i think for every positive covid uh case they were getting it was like these kickbacks i'm going wait a minute no they should this should not be involved with the treatment of any kind of illness or disease well i think money the, extra money given i think the covid pcr test that everybody's using it can be manipulated too to give more positive it was at the beginning but I, I think I saw a report that it's going to be gone, done away with as of December 31st because it's not that reliable. Yeah. Well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that's the basis of everything. Yeah, the and, positive test. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And so now we have the vaccine passports. Yeah. And I get messages and emails all the time from people. I just got one this morning from someone in Saskatchewan where our friend Carl lives that we talked about Friday. Um, who has recovered, seems to be on the road to recovery mm -hmm. from COVID, but you know it's a long haul thing uh, when you get really sick. For some, yeah. So he, but they're starting vaccine passports in Saskatchewan. I mean, I drove across South Dakota. There, I suspect that there's fewer people in Saskatchewan per square mile than there are in South Dakota square mile. And there's nobody per square mile in South Dakota, and there's even less <clears throat> in Wyoming. But then you, you see these restrictions coming in. I just got emails today from people in Canada. They're yep. putting in new restrictions in Alberta and British Columbia. And Carl is from passports. Canada, Carl Tykrib. Right. And in fact, I believe, and I'm, please don't quote me on this, so I'm going to say something that I heard in passing this morning. Justin Trudeau, the, uh, the psychotic lunatic that runs Canada, <laughs> comes in and he says, well, anybody that's sick, we're going to assume they have COVID. You know, so because they want to put it's all about it's become all about control. Mm. So you see there's a um, in France, they've had a lot of protests. They've had a lot of restrictions. And I just saw an article a little bit ago that says FOGO is over in France. FOGO is fear of going out. Fear of going, going out. out. I saw a picture, a video Jeez. from Switzerland where they've put in vaccine passports to get into a restaurant. So you know what the Swiss did? They all went down to the restaurant area towns and they had picnics on the street right in front of the restaurants. Oh, that's funny. And I think, so my personal opinion is, <clears throat> as difficult as this is, and I know people will lose their jobs over this. They, some have, Mass yeah. resistance is the only thing that works. So make them fire healthcare workers yeah. in the midst of a pandemic. And it is, there is some serious illness going on out there. This is nothing to be trivialized. Make them fire. Like I've talked to people who cops of big cities in California where they're trying to get cops to resist this. Make them fire the cops. Mm -hmm. But we have them tearing down our military. People who are smart yep. people, special forces. There's even some suggestion in military that younger pilots, they don't want to be um, have them flying because of the risks that are associated with the vaccine with the uh, cardiovascular problems. 
Yep, you got the military, you've got the hospital workers, we've got uh, corporations. AT&T is one of the latest big companies to mandate vaccinations. Uh, the airline industry um, has already done that. If you fly, you have to. Um, by the way, did you happen to see the response by uh, Jonathan Isaac, one of one of the few Christian players in the NBA? You know, did I was, you hear that? I saw that. I, I have to. Th- where do you play for Orlando? Orlando, yeah, Magic. <clears throat> I have to say, I was very impressed. You know, you sort of have this stereotype that well, they just they didn't go to college. They only went to college <laughs> to play basketball. How smart could they be? I was very impressed with how articulate yeah. and intelligent he sounded. He confounded the press. They they couldn't. Well, they have to just tear him down now. They have to destroy his career. Yeah. That's a big problem. I heard Kyrie Irving uh, is mm-hmm. will is not vaccinated. Uh, he plays for the Brooklyn Nets, and he cannot play basketball in New York. And so he says, "Okay, I won't play basketball in New York, and don't pay me." He's willing to walk away from millions of dollars. Even LeBron James has come out and expressed some skepticism. And so now— But he, he's been vaccinated. He has, but yeah. he's saying—but about getting a booster shot, he's not so sure. Where do you draw the line after one booster shot, after six, yeah, <laughs> after a dozen? And what, <clears throat> what happened to medical freedom? What happened to my body, my choice? That only works in— you know, by the way, few, yeah. we, we mentioned earlier, <laughs> go look up the testimony of a doctor on the Texas heartbeat law. And they're talking about it in Congress in Rashida Tlaib, the congresswoman from the Detroit area, the Muslim radical. She was going on about this lady who was trying to oppose uh, the heartbeat bill, this doctor. It, it was. It was so inappropriate how she was treating her. She was just berating her because she was not pro-abortion. Now, wait a minute. You're pro-Muslim. You're Muslim, but you're pro-abortion. And she took it down to it was a racial justice issue. Well, what about all the African-American babies that are killed by abortion? It's just so you have all of these. So you have the COVID passports. And then uh, Pastor Art, who I have some serious theological differences with. Yeah, from, Art Pawlowski, who was from, arrested. I think from Edmonton or Calgary, Edmonton, yeah. uh, who returned after a tour of the United States and was arrested when he got back, and he could face six years in prison. So this is, this is what they're doing. They're, they're, they're serious about this. They are resetting everything. They are tearing down everything to remake it in their own image. It's a very— very troubling thing to watch. I just have to remind people um, to have any kind of a fear. I understand how the world thinks. They don't have hope. They don't have a, a foundation of that we have, the hope that we have, our blessed hope. We know the future. We've read Revelation. We know the back of the book and Bible prophecy. But there's people that are unbelievers who I understand how you have their, their masks on and you can literally see fear in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And they think you're going to give them a disease if you don't have a mask. I understand because that's what they've been hearing in the media. This life is all they know and it's all there is if you're not a believer in Christ. So I understand that. But Jack Hibbs was one of the many that talked about this demonic reaction of fear, this irrational fear. And it's you see in Australia what's happening, and I'm wondering if that's going to come to America. Boy, I've seen the video after video after video <clears throat> from Australia, and it's just— we think of Australia as this sort of uh, Amer- a small version of America. It's about the same size with about 20, about 30 million, about one-tenth of the people. 
But they're just, in some of those things, they're locked down. And they have this one guy, I can't remember if it's New South Wales or Victoria, his name is Daniel Patrick. This guy is one of the biggest psychotic lunatics on the planet right now. And he's just like, you will have no freedom unless you're vaccinated. You can't, we care about everybody's health, right? So what you're going to do, like they did in New York, you're going to be fired from your job. You're going to have no health insurance. You're not going to be able to health care. You're not even going to be able to go to the store. Pam was telling me about an elderly couple in Melbourne that went out. You're supposed to stay within five kilometers of your home. You're only allowed out one person in the household at a time, one person in the car. So this elderly couple went out there. They said, we can't carry the groceries. One of us cannot do it. We need to help each other. And they were... They were turned around and told to go back home by the cops. And the other thing I'm wondering wow. is, what happened to these policemen in 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 Melbourne and other cities in Australia where they're they're beating people? There was a guy went outside alone for a cigarette, and they surrounded him with like six cops, threw him to the ground, shackled him up. You're not you're not you're 100 meters beyond where you're allowed to be from your home or something oh like goodness. that. They were yelling at him. Wow. What ha- I mean, this is just That's look Australia. up look it- up Rebel Media. Uh, I think it's Rebel Media in Australia. And and a lot of times you'll get and the there's media. Rebel News in Canada. Yeah, I think it's I think it's <clears throat> sort of related. But even I think his name is uh, Alan Jones on Sky News in Australia covers this a lot. But I'm just telling you, it's it's things that I just. It's hard for me to get my head around it. Like, this is Australia. Somebody said, well, Australia started out as a penal colony. Exactly. And they've gone back to where they started. Yep. We're going to wrap up this segment with John Haller on Stand Up for the Truth. But Melbourne pastor Paul Furlong was one that kept his church open and was punished. Uh, He was asked in an interview why he chose his church against government orders. And uh, he said why he chose to open his church. He said he wanted to obey a greater law. The word of God. He said, quote, I chose God's law over man's law, and we have to be the church. And can you imagine, John, uh, we don't have time to talk about it in this segment, if maybe even 5% of the pastors in America would be that bold. We, we would have a different, more resistance. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a whole lot more with John Haller. We haven't touched on the southern border. We might talk about Afghanistan and uh, just a lot more how the math just doesn't add up in what we're seeing. But today's podcast, the title is called Tearing the system down. We're seeing it. More with John Haller in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Welcome back. Uh, We're with John Haller in studio. And let's share a quote from Patrick Wood at Technocracy News talking about government or global fascism. He said this, that the disease countermeasures we currently see for COVID-19 won't end with COVID-19, is clear. Already, President Biden has signed an executive order adding measles to the list of diseases for which a person can be quarantined and or forced to self-isolate, quote, to protect public health. Again, what's being built all around us is a biosecurity state that will control every aspect of our lives under the auspice of, quote, protecting public health, all while doing no such thing. He says it's undeniable that the COVID countermeasures have wrought far more destruction than the virus actually did. And these countermeasures continue to destroy lives and kill people unnecessarily, all under the banner of keeping us 
safe. The fact that people are dying from suicide, starvation, heart issues, murder, various diseases, untreated medical problems, and vaccine injuries, well, that doesn't count because they're, quote, protecting us. John Haller, that's Patrick Wood at Technocracy yeah. News. Your thoughts on that? known Patrick for many years, and uh, I think you should follow his uh, Technocracy yeah. News. Yep. Uh, absolutely. I'm sure you've had him on your show here. A couple weeks ago. Uh, and I think uh, I heard him say that uh, the fear, whatever you fear about fascism and all those things that, that come out of the communism and that type of thing, uh, it pales in consideration with what we ought to be concerned about with the technocracy because we see – the technocrats in charge now, the the, the, the experts. You yes. can't question the experts. Uh, even people who are more learned in treating people on that are sick cannot question the great Fauci. Uh, it's just absolutely troubling. And so Patrick is exactly right. So let me just maybe lead into that. This article by Joe Allen from American Thinker the other day Elon Musk crusade to save you by destroying your humanity, and Joe Allen. I I don't know his uh, I don't know his salvation status or anything like that. But he's looking at this. He's got some great things. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Joe Bot XYZ. I think it is Bot <laughs> XYZ or something. And he's talking about that Musk is you know proposing this artificial intelligence thing. He just broke up with his girlfriend. I don't remember. Uh, they named their child, uh, Musk and his girlfriend, uh, X at A dot XII. That's what they named. That's her name. Yeah, that's the baby's name. And so her name, um, I think it's Grimes. And what she does is she sort of melds the occult with this artificial intelligence and techn mm. technocracy thing. So that while they say they're not religious, it really is a religion. Exactly. We, Sounds and, demonic, and, actually. And we don't know exactly how this great end-time religion comes about. But I again, I think we see the foundations of it being laid. Um, and so Joe Allen says, you know, it's not about getting a chip or anything. It's what these technocrats are trying to do. And now they're bringing the religious aspect into it. And you can wow. see this by the clip we started with the Friday show. Yeah, the New York governor. The governor of New York saying, you know, God gave us this vaccine. And now I'm in charge. And now you are my apostles to go out yeah. and convert others to it, being if you vaccinated. Missed that, she literally said that if you missed it. And by the way, she said to, to her audience of sycophants, you're the smart ones because you've been vaccinated. So a little and she jab. was doing this in a church in Manhattan, Brooklyn or Manhattan. Well, it, you might want to put quotes around church if you're referring to— Yeah, it was called yeah. Christian Cultural Center. Okay, so, all right. You know, it was, and you've got to define Christian. But go ahead, John. Well, we'll, we'll use it in the loose sense of the term. <laughs> so this, this AI-human symbiosis that's, that's taking place is very troubling. And I, I'll refer back to Dr. Uh, Harari, who spoke at the World Economic Forum in 2018 and gave a talk. And in the background, it was like pictures of what looked like Jesus, what modern representations of Jesus— and he was talking about, you know, what, what will it mean to be human in the near future? Because he's a medieval historian. He says, in the Middle Ages, the serf was valuable to the lord of the manor because the serf provided services that would benefit the lord of the manor. But if we get into this robotic, technocratic, artificial intelligence world, he said there will be billions of people will who will serve no 
discernible value to other humans. And what do we do with them? And then he says, what, what is humanity? He's not a Christian. You know, he's a professor at Tel Aviv University. He lives with his partner and their kids. So this is troubling. So I think one of the other things. So this, this technocracy thing is a big deal. And look at what the techno- technocrats are doing on our southern border. This thing is beyond anything that we could even imagine. Last month, there were probably over 200,000 people let in across the border. They put on this, again, well, I'll use the term kabuki theater thing about getting rid of the Haitians, but they, they didn't go back anywhere. They're not in Haiti. They're not in Mexico. They didn't even come from Haiti. Exactly. They've been living in South America for years, and yep. nobody's going to take them back. And the court has ordered that the Trump policy of remain in Mexico be put back in place. How's that working Yeah, with these guys in charge? So what was 200,000 last month? They're looking at people coming through the Darien Gap. That's a place where there's a highway, but it doesn't go through this heavily jungled area in Panama. It's about 25, 30 miles. So they need cartels and stuff to help them. They're, the cartels are making billions off yep. of this, taking everything that these people own, bringing them up, 200,000 this month, they're saying 400,000 next month. So why aren't, if they're so concerned about COVID, for example, why aren't they, they meaning the left, the progressives, the globalists, those power elites, those who are calling the shots in the Biden administration, they're, they're not concerned about the southern border or they don't seem to be. And they're not concerned about them having COVID. Right. They're not testing all of they're them. They're not vaccinated. They're them. not forcing them we to We know be they vaccinated. got the vaccines, right? What? They got the vaccines. They could stick a they could jab everybody that oh, comes across. Oh, they have enough, you mean. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they could send them down there. They could send them by the UP, United States Postal Service because they're slowing delivery now, but <laughs> that's another thing that's going on that's tearing down the economy. But so I'll just give you the answer that uh, you're you're complaining what what's going on? They're not being vaccinated. They're not testing them or anything like that that are coming across by the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, if our biggest and fear Jim is COVID. says that's correct. That's it. And she won't explain it at all. She just says, yeah, that's what we're doing. And so but she's who not, are you to question me as to why we why are we doing this? In other words, so we have an open border policy and they don't they, they don't well, defend the, it. They just say, yeah, it's the Homeland way Homeland Security guy says we we have a closed border. He said that in testimony under oath, the testimony in Congress this last week. Oh, my goodness. I, it, I, oh. I know it, it looks like we're watching some kind of movie that was pieced together by people who were drunk or stoned. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Well, they're <clears throat> taking those. We know they're taking those immigrants and largely sending them to red states to That's change right. the demographic balance. I did hear that. Is Where can people get information on that? Where are they sending these immigrants? Because uh, the news won't report it, of yeah, course. Yeah, you know, one, one podcast I follow is uh, uh, Steve Bannon's War Room, Pandemic War Room. Uh, they cover it ad nauseum every day. So there are a lot of people, National Pulse, Natalie Winters, and some of the other people writing there are covering it. I, I'm just telling you, they're um, – there are so many scandals to investigate. And then we are going through this thing about they finally released videos of what was going on on January 6th behind closed doors. Did you see those? I saw a couple it, of them. Yeah. There were people that did things they should not have done that they should be punished for. I agree with that. But a lot of those people looked like they were in a museum walking <laughs> around taking. 
yeah. the only people I saw kicking in doors were the Capitol Police in yeah. the videos I saw. Now, look, they won't just release all the videos. We're smart people. We can figure it out. Well, they we'll don't look at it. those, and they don't want us to know what exactly. the truth is. Exactly. It, because then they can't call the big insurrection the greatest thing. Uh, what was the greatest thing since? The greatest what, threat the, to American democracy since the Civil War. Since the Civil War. That's and right. By the, the way, greatest where are all threat. the follow-on insurrection events that have taken place? Right. I haven't seen any. It's, it's really— And uh, as, as a lawyer, there are people that are still in jail for that. People coming across the border that are criminals. Yep. And they're taken. They're put on— by the way, Mexico is like 1,300 miles across mm-hmm. from north to south. And you're telling me, remember when the uh, Biden, the first, the third, second, first and second Obama administrations, they were walking across Mexico. To yeah. 1,300 miles. Kids, children, 8, 9, 10 years old. That's hard to believe. It's unbelievable. And, yep. they, and, and they look. They come across, they look like they're putting them on planes and trains and buses, and they're shipping them to the border, and then they're walking across. That's why they don't look. They would be emaciated if they were actually doing all that walking. Yep. It's, uh, boy, our media is not doing its job. Journalism is gone. It's dead. Um, and, you know, they called Trump a dictator for some of the things that, that he wanted to do or that he was doing. They, uh, they're always railing against him. Comparisons to Hitler— but I've got another article here. We don't have time to get into it. In fact, I think we're running out of time. We've got three minutes left. Um, the commonalities between the rise of the Nazis and the tactics of the American left can no longer be ignored. But a lot of people don't want to connect those dots and make that comparison. And I don't understand it. Are we that naive? Do we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt? Do we not want to believe this is happening in our country? John, last couple minutes. Yeah, you know, it's always dangerous to make to play the Nazi card. In, well, the left in, does in, it in all the discussion. time. They do it all the time. When with there's us. a Republican in but office. But if we do it with them, yeah. uh, and listen, the rule of thumb on the left is whatever they accuse you of is what they're doing. Yeah, that, that that's is, true. That rule is true 99.999% of the time. Uh we, Let, knew, we know that with the end times, there's going to be this rise of this final beast system. We don't know a lot of the details about how that takes place. And we know that there's uh, – we haven't even discussed the geopolitical things. So I guess <laughs> next time when we talk, we should just focus on geopolitics if we can because there's a lot going on in Israel and Afghanistan. But all of these, all of these things are playing into that growth of that system. How quickly that comes about, I don't know. But we know that it's coming, uh, and we see it happening right in front of us. And this, the the great reset or the great setup for the, the great, great I like reset setup. is it's it's full. We're way down the road. Yeah. I I don't think it's I don't think there's any question that we're there. Patrick Wood, one hundred percent correct in that it's not. It's not become about the virus anymore. It's about the control factor yep. of what's happening. And people— Countermeasures. And, th- and this is a place for the church to step up. There's people in your congregations that are going to be losing their jobs. There are supply chain issues all over the world. People need to prepare, not only prepare to protect your own family, but maybe to help others around you who haven't got it and do like missionaries do. We have a medical program. Oh, here's something else you need to know about. Here's the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we need to use these 
opportunities when people are troubled by what they see to say, listen, we have the answer. Yes. We know where this ends. God will protect us. We're to fear God. We're not to fear the one who can kill us, which is the devil. Mm -hmm. We're to fear the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And that's that should be our like motivating factor yes. to be out there witnessing, sharing the gospel, share the gospel, discipling people. With, with these people that are fearful. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, um, uh, well, let me just, I want to pull up that quote because he said something about the fear of God, the fear of man. He said, he who fears the face of God does not fear the face of man. He who fears the face of man does not fear the face of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, John Haller in studio. Thank you so much for being Always on Stand Up for Truth. We will touch base again, God willing, in the near future. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. All right, coming up tomorrow, I'm excited to interview Okongo Sampson. He's got a book called Abducted But Not Forsaken, How One Man's Escape from a Notorious Terrorist Brought Hope to Africa. So we'll talk with Okongo tomorrow, and then Pastor Tim Thompson will be with us on Friday. He's got a book out called Awake, America's Final Great Awakening. But uh, we'll hear his voice and get a pastor's perspective on current events on Friday. And I want to remind you, go to Harbingers Daily. That's harbingersdaily.com. They were kind enough to publish our podcast on Tuesday or Monday, I should say, with Pastor Kevin Minsky called The Battle at the Door of the American Church. So thank you guys so much for listening. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.